Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. One of the problems of being a home gardener in many climates is that the season for salad greens can be really short. Either you're in a climate that gets way too hot in the summer to grow decent greens, or you're in a climate that has a very short growing season altogether and it gets too cold too quickly. And even if you're in a climate where you can grow throughout the winter, you may not have enough space outside to get those greens to full size before your Persephone period hits and they stop growing. The answer to all of these is microgreens. Microgreens can be grown year-round indoors with very little in the way of equipment or expertise. And there are so many different crops to make great microgreens. There's bound to be some that fit the palate of everybody in your family. You've got the earthiness of beet greens, the grassiness of alfalfa, the spicy kick of mustard or radish, the sweetness of broccoli, and the very distinct flavor of basil. There is quite literally something for everyone. And not only are they delicious and versatile, they are exploding with nutrients. According to a research study in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, microgreens contain higher concentrations of vitamins and carotenoids than their mature plant counterparts. And they can add that nutritional value to so many foods as a topping for pizza, a base for salad, added to pasta, put it in wraps and on sandwiches and so much more. So this episode, I'm going to dig into what it takes to get started with growing microgreens, some of the easiest ones for beginners to grow, and what you need to know about selecting seeds to use for microgreens. So let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I wanna pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering and that everyone, whether you've got a five acre plot in the country, a half acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment should just grow something. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Growing microgreens at home does not require any special tools or equipment, and besides the seeds, you should be able to find just about everything you need at home or easily pick it up at the store. And many of the plants you already grow in the garden can be grown as microgreens, so as a gardener, you may already have the seeds on hand. Once you get the hang of it and decide to grow microgreens continuously or you want to do many varieties of them at once, it might be more convenient to buy some growing trays and some other items that are specifically designed to produce microgreens. But to get started, all you really need are the seeds of whatever you want to grow, water, growing medium of some sort, and I'll cover that in a minute, um, some sort of containers or trays, and we'll talk about those options as well, a spray bottle, and a sharp knife or a good pair of scissors. Depending on where you're planning to grow your microgreens, you'll need a flat surface or a shelf to put the growing containers. 
Natural sunlight in a window or on a balcony or on a porch is generally enough to grow microgreens, but you can supplement the natural light with a source of artificial lighting, whether it's a small grow lamp or just a fluorescent bulb. This is especially important if you want to grow it in a space that's more out of the way, but that doesn't have a natural source of light. And in this way, microgreens are perfect for indoor gardeners. A key element necessary to produce microgreens is the growing medium. The most popular medium are peat-based seed starting mixes, just like what you would use for sprouting your own garden seedlings. Um, coconut coir is a popular soilless growing medium, and then there are also mats made of natural fibers like hemp. The growing medium is only important because the capacity to hold soil moisture and how often you'll need to water is going to be dependent on what you use. So use what's easily available and relatively inexpensive to start with, and it very well may be something you already have on hand. Later on, if you want to experiment with other mediums, then go for it. I've grown microgreens with regular potting soil, soilless seed starting mix, in coconut coir, and on hemp mats. And I can tell you that each one has its own benefits and its own drawbacks. Some seeds prefer certain types of medium over others, but mostly it's more about what's best for you, the grower. Whatever you use, just be sure to moisten it before use. Just about the moistness of a damp sponge. Not drenched, but not dry. The next key element is the growing container. To start with, this can be as simple as a cleaned out, shallow takeout container or an old Tupperware container. I've used everything from microwave trays for frozen meals, clamshell berry containers, and soup containers, all the way up to plastic grow trays that are specifically designed for sprouting. The key is to make sure that there is a way for the water to get away from the roots. So either you need enough of your growing medium in a deep container to let any excess water move away from the roots, or it needs to be something shallow that has drainage holes. You can grow microgreens in whatever is convenient for you, even a regular flower pot. Just keep in mind that you'll be harvesting as soon as five or six days or as long as 21 days from the time your microgreens sprout. So you'll need much less growing medium than if you were growing a full-sized plant. In most instances, the shallow containers are better. Now, let's pick your seeds. You have a huge variety to choose from. Radish, kale, beets, chard, lettuce, basil, broccoli, cabbage, peas, sunflowers, alfalfa, celery, arugula, spinach, mustard, <laughs> you name it. Uh, my favorite for super fast growing microgreens is radish. They sprout quickly. They gain lots of size in just a few days. You really can try just about any plant that you grow in the garden that you would eat the whole plant of. So stay away from things like tomatoes and peppers. If you wouldn't eat the stem or the leaves of the mature plant, then don't grow it as a microgreen. And those members of the nightshade family contain high levels of solanine and tropanes in those young sprouts. And so those can be poisonous. But most everything else is pretty much fair game. Now, can you buy seeds that are specifically sold for microgreen production? Yes. In many cases, these simply are organically grown or they've been tested to be sure that they're free of any chemical treatments. But the seeds in your seed stash are just as good if they're organic seeds or if they're conventional seeds but don't contain any fungicides or pesticides. The label will tell you if they've been coated with anything. So feel free to use seeds that you've already got on hand to start your indoor microgreens garden. Now, in general, 
you're going to follow the germination guidelines for the specific variety of microgreen being grown, just the same way you would if you were starting a seedling to transplant into the garden. Some species require the seeds to be pre-soaked, so you'll need a few cups for soaking the seeds in water and maybe a small colander to rinse the seeds out once or twice before germination. I usually just use a mason jar for soaking. Um, a couple examples of these that need to be soaked are sweet peas and sunflower seeds, but beets and chard also benefit from a soaking period. Now, you'll be growing these plants much more closely together than if you were growing them to full size, and that will differ according to the size of the seed. But you can usually be pretty successful by just following the guidelines that we use for the members of the brassica family. Use a potting mix or a soilless medium. Put it in your choice of shallow tray. Broadcast the seed thickly on the surface of the medium. You want the seeds about an eighth to a quarter of an inch apart. And then press those seeds firmly down into the medium for maximum soil contact. And then cover them lightly with some more sewing mix or use some vermiculite if you choose to use a hemp mat or something similar. Now this is for all but those plants that require light to germinate like celery. Those you don't want to cover. Everything else you want to have it covered so it's in the dark. Use your spray bottle to keep the soil moist, but not soaked until the seeds sprout. Using the spray bottles actually helps keep the seeds from shifting around. Don't let them dry out, but don't let them be sitting in the water either. Um, using a spray bottle with that helps with that too. You, it's hard to overwater with a spray bottle. Now, your microgreens can be germinated on heat mats, which would get them to sprout more quickly, but a nice warm spot in a sunny window will do just fine too. The ideal soil or medium temperature is going to be around 75 degrees Fahrenheit or around 24 Celsius. Now, after your plants have sprouted, be sure they're getting a good amount of light during the day, whether it's sunlight or artificial. Eight to 10 hours is great, but as few as six is fine. Now, here's a little trick I use when I'm growing microgreens under artificial lights alone. It's usually advised when you're sprouting plants to put your growing lights closer to your seedlings so they don't stretch for the light and get long and leggy. But for microgreens, I leave the light up a little ways higher than usual. I want the greens to stretch just a little bit to make it easier for me to cut them sooner rather than later. That's just me, though. If you're growing in the window, this obviously isn't going to be in your control. But I would, however, rotate your tray each day so they don't stretch toward the light and they all grow at an even pace. The preferred air temperature for the greens once they've sprouted is going to vary according to the seed, but in general, between 65 and 75 Fahrenheit or 18 to 24 Celsius should be fine. At this point, you can either continue to mist them with the water with your spray bottle, or you can water them from the bottom by placing the container inside another one and allowing the moisture to wick up into the growing medium. Again, here, just don't keep them constantly soaked. Once your microgreens have reached a, at least a few inches tall, taller in some cases like sweet pea or sunflower, um, it's time to harvest. Simply use a sharp knife or a pair of scissors to trim your greens off at the base just above the growing medium. You don't want to get any of the soil on it. Um, you can cut them just prior to using them, or you can cut them all at once and you can store them in a clamshell in the refrigerator. I prefer to just cut them as I use them, unless I'm just not using them fast enough and then they're getting to be, you know, a little bit much and then I'll cut them all at once and throw them in the fridge. That really is it. Now, there are some 
microgreens that are easier to grow than others, just like all plants. Like I said, radish is super easy. It germinates readily. It grows really quickly and it isn't super fussy about its conditions. Another one that's easy to grow is Napa cabbage. It too sprouts readily with a really high germination rate and it can be ready to harvest in as few as about eight days. And even though those peas need to be soaked for about 12 hours before planting, pea shoots generally have a really high germination rate and a fast growth rate. And as a bonus, you can get multiple harvests from peas. You cut them back once and they usually will sprout at least once, sometimes twice more. And if you're growing in low light conditions, bok choy is a very good option. Now, as you get further into your microgreen adventure, you can start playing around with the different growing mediums, different containers, the rate at which you sow the seeds, maybe keeping the sprouts in the dark longer to play with the growth rate a little bit, and then growing different varieties that might be more challenging. Or you can just stick with the basics. In either case, growing microgreens is a great way to keep fresh, nutritious food on your plate year-round without any special equipment. If you have any questions, jump into the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group, send me a message on Instagram, or drop me an email. You can also go and find the new Just Grow Something Facebook page and send me a message that way. I'm happy to answer any questions that I can. Have a great rest of your week, my gardening friends, and I will talk to you again soon. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.